Hello and welcome to Everpresent Podcast with me, your host, Sherry Beckerson. Everpresent aims to cultivate the sheer gift of right now through the power of choice, believing each one of us has unique gifts, skills, and abilities that are needed in this world. These gifts can only be found when walking in our true, authentic selves. Through self-advocacy and shared experience, Everpresent aims to encourage authentic growth in you becoming the best version of you. When you show up for you, you are better able to show up for those around you. The ripple effect is truly endless when we own our own power. Season four, my quote of the week series aims to help you do just that. Stand in your own power through the beautiful gift of words. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Quote of the Week. It's short, it's sweet, and it's so good. It's from one of my favorites, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he says, Life is a journey, not a destination. You know, when you hear those words, what does it make you think of? Life is a journey, not a destination. For me, I I think about joy or, or happiness, you know, not being found in the finishing or completing of a goal or, you know, getting to that next step, but rather joy being found in doing, you know, joy being found in the process or en route to the destination. I believe strongly when we can find joy en route or in the process of, that is when we're truly living and truly living in the present. So for me, these words brought to mind two important things. One is the lesson I've learned in the relationship between responsibility and meaning. And two, the lessons I've learned in relationship between values and goals. And first, I've definitely learned how responsible I am and how I construct meaning in and for my life. This is especially through the ups and the downs and the adversities of life. How much we all truly need meaning to sustain us. And I learned this firsthand when my brother died. I remember feeling like everything was meaningless, like nothing mattered, like life was just absolutely pointless. And then, you know, what I learned from that was how responsible I was in choosing how I would respond, choosing my meaning. I actually found one of my old journals um, recently and it had written in it just an exercise I did when I belonged to this bereavement group years ago. And what happened was the therapist gave us two colors of clay and they asked us to create something that was a symbol of myself um, with the one and a symbol of, you know, my brother with the other one. So my two colors were red and blue. And for myself, I made a hockey stick because I played hockey. And for my brother, I made a bass guitar because he played guitar. And then we were asked to roll it together. And, you know, I rolled together my blue and my green. And the idea was to show that we cannot be separated, that we're always a part of each other and that not even death could separate us. But, you know, mostly in this moment, because of the colors, it represented the world to me, right? I had blue and green. And I just remember realizing that my entire world had changed forever, that this was now my entire world. You know, losing someone we love, it marks our life forever and it changes everything. And that's because loving someone marks our life forever, right? And our grief and our pain, it's, it's a testament to our love. But pain and struggle, it's universal, right? Struggle is what we all have in common. 
And, you know, I think what's not as common, but I really want to see become more common is taking the adversity or taking the obstacles and turning them into opportunities. You know, perspective is, is so important and the meaning we attach to anything is our perspective. Our perspective is our choice. And my perspective, it became, you know, at this point was that I will overcome that I will honor my brother's life properly and fight to live. And that this adversity, this obstacle will be my opportunity. As his death is now just as much a part of my world as his life was. And that I can choose the meaning I attach. So our obstacles help us dig deep and find strength in ourselves that we would not otherwise have, right? Uh, I didn't know how strong I was until being strong was all I had. There's a quote that I love that says that, and it's just so true. Pain and adversity, they help us look at what really matters. So taking responsibility for the meaning we attach allows us to create and not wait for the life that we want. You know, so is life painful? Yes, absolutely it is. Is life, you know, anxiety provoking? Absolutely. I think we can definitely say it is nowadays for sure. Is life uncertain? I think that might be an understatement for today's times, but 100% it's uncertain. Is life unbearable? At times, yes. I know that the pain I experienced after Gordy died was sure unbearable at many, many times. But like I said, struggle is universal. So the journey of struggle is common. And actually, you know, the Bible promises that trials are a part of this deal that we have here on earth. So in John 16, 33, it says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. When I read the Bible and I see the word will, I always, I always look at that as a promise. And because we live in this fallen world, we are promised. We can absolutely expect hardship and sorrow and um, adversity to come. But, you know, if we face these adversities and we believe that everything is pointless or meaningless the way that I did when it first happened when Gordy passed, it's not helpful. It leads to despair. It leads to self-sabotage. It can lead to addiction. It can lead to, you know, doing things just to feel because you have, you, you feel so much, you know, apathy for everything. Um, so this is why I say we need a sustaining meaning, right, in our lives. So where do we find this sustaining meaning? I believe it's in responsibility to ourselves and to other people. And I will be completely honest. I had very dark days um, and times and years following Gordy's death. And one of the major things that kept me here was my responsibility, I would say, to my mom. You know, I could never truly hurt myself as I could not do that to her. But it was a long road until I really learned that my responsibility in this life was not just to other people. It wasn't just to my mom or my family or, you know, my sister, my nieces and nephews. But my responsibility was to me too, right? I had a responsibility to myself. And I would definitely say that my divorce was what really opened my eyes to how responsible I was for myself. So do you know that you are absolutely not only wanted here on earth, but you're actually needed, right? I'm going to say that one more time. You are not just wanted here on earth. You are needed. 
And you have been made for a time such as this. You have a gift inside of you and the world needs it. Your family needs you. Your children need you. Your friends, your partners, your coworkers, where you are positioned in this world, you are needed and you need you. So what is meaningful to you? Um, my eyes being open to this truth of just realizing that, you know, I am responsible for me and that I am needed here has really changed so much. And, you know, society always says that we'll be happy when we reach our goals, right? We'll be happy when maybe you have a goal of a big house one day or a nice car or having the ideal career or going on vacations, you know, a cottage, maybe having the nice body, the goal of retirement. Society basically says that once you get these things, once you get there, you will be happy. And there is some truth to this, of course, because, you know, we will definitely feel happy once completing a goal or reaching a milestone like retirement. But does achieving the goal actually lead to sustainable happiness? You know, how long does our happiness last once we've achieved a goal? Like how long until we are looking at that next goal to fulfill us? Striving for happiness externally rather than cultivating happiness internally, that, you know, when we strive, we come up short. But if we think of our happiness in, you know, some sort of future place, that really eludes us, right? And we, we really become exhausted. And, you know, making someone responsible for your next best thing or, or something responsible for your misery, it also makes them responsible for your happiness. So why give that power to anyone or anything but yourself? We give our power away when we strive externally for meaning and happiness. And it's only, you know, when we enjoy the process or when we are content in the process, when we can find joy in the journey, um, that we can really find true meaning and that true meaning can be found. And to me, this is really the difference between a goals-focused life and a values-focused life. One is externally rewarded and focus and one is internally rewarded and focus right one is very present focus while one is very future um, focus our goals keep us focused on attaining external rewards in the future um, I will be happy when I buy my house or you know once I reach a certain weight I'll be happy goals often leave us striving for something outside of ourselves and the expectation of these things is that one day we will have happiness now Values, on the other hand, keep us focused internally and present focused. So there's actually this great video. It's called Values vs. Goals by Dr. Russ Harris. I will put the link in the podcast notes. And it's only about three minutes. It's really good and it's worth the, worth the watch. But he does a beautiful job of explaining the difference between goals, a goals-focused life and a values-focused life. And he actually gives the illustration of two little kids driving in the car on their way to Disneyland. And the goals-focused child is constantly saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Where the values-focused child, he's, you know, looking out the window. He's playing I Spy. He's seeing farm animals. He's, you know, asking questions about the things he's seeing on the drive. And I think you can see where, where he's going with this, right? The values-focused child, he's enjoying the process. He's seeing life as the journey. Where the goals-focused child, he's very destination-focused. Now, really, both of them will enjoy the goal 
of Disneyland once they get there, right? They both will absolutely have fun once they get to Disneyland. But the goals-focused child, he has a very frustrated journey. He is so focused on the end of the trip and getting there, getting into that future moment that he misses the joys of right now. He misses out on the journey where the values focused child, he has a very rich and fulfilling and rewarding journey because his values of curiosity and his desire to learn and his wonder about what he's seeing in the world, that is what's driving his journey. He's, you know, never driven to Disneyland before. So he's excited about what he might see and experience. Uh, There's actually a quote that I love that says, the secret ingredient to true happiness is decisive optimism and personal responsibility. And we are responsible for the perspectives we choose. And the video goes on to show the car, you know, it breaks down. On their way to Disneyland, now the car breaks down and the kids are just not able to reach their goal. They don't get to go to Disney. And of course, they're both disappointed. But, you know, of course... How many of us know this quote? We can control two things in life. And that's one is our effort and one is our attitude. So the goals focused child, he, his attitude, he's very angry. The whole day is now a waste and it's not fair. And he wants to go to Disney and he sulks and he cries the whole time in the tow truck. Where the values focused child, you know, he's he's disappointed. Of course, he really wants to go to Disney. He was hoping to be at Disney today. But as he climbs into the big tow truck, you know, he starts to think, well, I've never driven in a tow truck before. And off he goes with his curious excitement. He's asking questions. He's seeing the world from this new angle. And I just think this child, the values focused child, he embodies what Ralph Waldo um, Emerson is saying, right? Life is a journey, not a destination. So what I've learned from my life so far and believe now to be imperative in living the life I truly desire is taking responsibility for myself leads to a more meaningful life. And I do this by not living for my goals, but from my values. So instead of living for my goals, I live from my values. And, you know, the goals and or those hopes and those, those destinations that, that I want to get to and attain. And there's nothing wrong with goals. We all need to have goals. But in the present day, I'm not frustrated because I'm not there yet. I'm appreciative. I'm, I, I have gratitude and I live from my values, which would definitely be gratitude, right? My curiosity, my resiliency, my value of growth helps me live in the present day, knowing I'm always going forward, but I'm, I'm, I'm content in what I have today. And I just think there's such a shift there, right? Instead of living for my goals, I live from my values. And when I was in school for um, life coaching, my mind, my my mind body practitioner diploma, um, we had this values assessment exercise that I, I still use with people today. And it actually was pretty difficult to do, but it's really important. And I really actually enjoyed it. And it helps us get really clear on our core beliefs. Um, and of course, the last few episodes I've done have really stressed how our beliefs truly create our life. So I think just getting clear on what we value is just so important. And what it did, this exercise gave a list of, you know, I don't even know, maybe 75 different values. And we had to go through and highlight the ones that really struck with us. And then we had to condense it into a list of 24 
of the top ones. And then you took those 24 values and we had to condense it into six core values. And I'm telling you, it was a really difficult um, task. But I've used it with people and, you know, they've said the same thing is difficult, but condensing into those, you know, six main, main values was it just so impactful. And I think values has, you know, satisfaction with it, right? So some of mine, I would definitely say is creativity. I value growth. I value um, curiosity, resiliency, courage, you know, relationships, learning, gratitude, freedom, persistence, and as we move towards our goals, right, which our goals are always moving, right, the goalposts of our goals shift naturally as we grow. But when we live from our values, I think we're just more able to pivot and transition and, you know, really respond to change and, and respond to adversity with just more optimism and appreciation rather than, you know, pessimism and negative attitudes. There is a satisfaction of living by our values. And it's even when we don't get to achieve the goals, right? So like the little boy who didn't make it to Disney, but then he was excited to see the world from the angle of a tow truck. Or, you know, maybe you've set out to start something new and yet you've ended up in a completely different place. There's still so much satisfaction in it due to the fact that you live from your values rather than for your goals. So remembering that we are always in control of two things, our attitude or our effort, I think is so important. And actually Elvis Presley, he reminds us, he says that values are like fingerprints. Nobody's are the same, but you leave them all over everything you do. So your energy, your attitude, your responses, you have to remember they're contagious. Be honest, what kid would you rather drive with? Of course, all of us would probably say the values-focused child, right? Not the sulker in the back. And I think this comes down to the power of choice. I will go back to this every single time. The power that lies within you is the power of choice because we have the choice in how we respond to everything that happens to us in life. Choice is our human superpower. And we are responsible for choosing the meaning we attach. And when we live from our values and not for our goals, I believe we can live a pretty meaningful and intentional life. You know, like when we move from a fear state into a state of love and expansion, we start with our values. Living only for our goals leads us to striving, needing something outside ourselves to feel happy. Where values, you know, keep us in a state of love, flow, and growth, able to be flexible and open to change, disappointment, heartache, tragedy. And, you know, I used to draw boxes around a lot of things. I would say, I could never do that, or I never want that. I actually remember saying I could never lose my brother. I actually used to fear a lot too that, what if I couldn't have children? I always thought if I couldn't have children one day, that would be so devastating. And now I don't really have any of those boxes. I no longer feel like something outside myself will complete me in any way. Of course, if I, you know, if I couldn't have children, I'd be heartbroken. I'd be disappointed. But I just mean that I also know I could handle it. I know I'm flexible. I know I'm adaptable. And when I live from my values of, you know, resilience, I'm pretty determined really since my brother died, actually, that if I'm still here on this earth, it's for a reason. So I will do my damnedest to make sure it counts. And this is why when something devastating happens to someone, you know, I have empathy for them, of course. 
Um, but I do not wish to take it away from them anymore. You know, as I know firsthand that my trauma and my pain has been a catalyst for my growth. So pain has been one of my greatest teachers. And I think that's the same for all of us. And I'm empathetic. I can sit and I can listen and I can feel for the other person. And I give my heart to them. But I don't know what their pain will create for them. So who am I to tell them that it's awful or unfair? I'm not thinking, you know, that's so terrible because really I've gone through enough things myself and seen it in others to know that people's pain and people's traumas a lot of the time is again the catalyst to their growth. Pain is truly our greatest teacher if we let it. Um, and just like when I, you know, made that world in the bereavement group that represented Gordy and I never being separated, that showed me that this is now my world, his life and death. The love of his life and the pain of his death are forever significant imprints on my life, both worthy to be honored, experienced, and expressed. And I'm responsible for how I respond. And I learned this responsibility with that grief and pain and loss. But it really wasn't until my divorce that I learned a whole new level of responsibility. You know, I would often complain of, I didn't like how I was treated or I would state things like I don't agree with the conflict or how we deal with conflict or I don't like the disrespect. But I mean, I've learned now our partner's behavior is feedback. And with feedback, I am empowered to make a choice. So who kept showing up in that space? Me. And I've learned now that people reveal themselves through their patterns right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So what I learned was we must be willing to take responsibility for the spaces we show up in, our responses to life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, learning the skills of processing emotions, it really gives us the ability to choose. Again, the power of choice, it is our superpower. How we show up, choosing how we act, choosing how we think, right? And so I think we need to choose to honor our emotions and working through emotions, you know, it frees us to make intentional instead of reactive choices. And when we are able to regulate our emotions, we are better able to live the life that, you know, we truly choose. And you can live that from your values, closing that gap between what you know deep down is right for you and taking action. That cognitive dissonance, right? That inconsistency between your thoughts, your beliefs, your attitudes, and your behaviors. Closing the gap between who we think and say we are and how we're actually showing up. So me saying that I didn't like how I was being treated, but continually showing up in that space was my responsibility. And I think aligning with who we think and say we are and how we act, that's where peace comes from. Peace comes from closing that gap. You know, the ability to really acknowledge, accept, and regulate our emotions, it gives us the chance to have integrity in our lives. And this takes intentionality and it takes time, but it really brings our life into alignment with our values. And over time, our actions that we choose, they become habitual and eventually becomes, you know, more automatic and that they become more natural responses from ourselves. And I think we are what we repeatedly do. So... We still make those choices, but once, you know, they become more ingrained, the more they seem to just flow from us more easily. And I think the best action is always active acceptance. What can I control? When we take action, we are empowering ourselves. 
So, you know, the journey of a thousand miles, it begins with one step. And the step we can all take is living from our values rather than for our goals. Using our values as a compass. Everything gives us a, ch a choice point in our lives. Everything that happens to us gives us a choice point. So what do you value? What do you want your life to look like? What are the character traits you want to possess? What action can you take to become more in alignment with your values? And how can you live a more values-focused life? How can you be more curious about your life and circumstances rather than reactive and angry that it isn't the way you think it should be yet or frustrated that you aren't there yet like the little boy in the car? Taking responsibility and sustaining meaning so you are living from your values and for what really matters most to you from a place of purpose and passion is so important. Remember, you leave your values on everything you do. So don't give your power away by blaming others or circumstances around you. Stand in your own power. Own your emotions and let your values be your compass. Most importantly, enjoy the journey because life truly is a journey, not a destination. Until next week, be present, be grateful, and be well. I hope you found today's quote of the week interesting and helpful. If you would like more tips and encouragement in living intentionally in the present, you can follow me on Instagram at ever underscore present underscore holistics. And if you found value in this podcast episode, be sure to share it and tag me in it as I'd love to see what resonated with you. Don't forget to leave a review and keep spreading the word about Ever Present. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope this has added value to your life. Until then, stay present. Mm -hmm.